He's the 15th. OMG. I had my bookmark in the wrong spot. How about that? Yep, my watch confirmed. It's November 15th. Wow. Time is flying, right? We only have, what, 45 days until 2021, which I'm sure everybody is counting the moments down for. Anyway, here goes our reading today. Thomas A. Kempis says, habit is overcome by habit. Ooh. We have given up many things for the sake of our recovery. We gave up our drug of choice, our fear, our unhealthy lifestyle, and our addicted friends. We are still giving up these things and more. Our self-hate, our grandiosity, our manipulations, our resentments, aka our attitudes, right? But we can't do any of this without replacing what's gone. This is what our recovery program is all about. We work to replace fear with honesty resentment with forgiveness, manipulations with acceptance. We are working each day to completely remake our lives bit by bit. We are replacing unhealthy habits with healthy ones. The difference between these habits now is that we are conscious of them and we are fully aware of their power in our lives. When we worked alone and lived our lives of avoidance and pain, our habits were deadly. Seriously, deadly. These new habits become stronger each time we practice them, and our lives become more open to new change and growth. Now that we are no longer alone, we have picked up another new habit. We are building a life of self-awareness and self-love. Today, let me practice gratitude for my new habits. Well, this reading is pretty spot on. I, I just have to share with you something before I, I dig into it and, and break it apart. But today, let me practice gratitude for my new habits kind of triggered something. So my mother posted on the wall this morning something to the effect of people asking, do you feel like you're praying for the same thing over and over again? And I I responded just because it, that just because I don't really have a good reason um, other than this is what hit me in the moment. And I responded by saying, well, the key is if you can practice gratitude, even when your prayers aren't answered, that is what faith is. And that just showed up and I'm sharing that with you. Hopefully I didn't hurt her feelings. Uh, it was, it was not meant to be argumentative or anything. It was meant just like, whoa, that's what showed up for me because it's really easy to talk about our unanswered prayers. And I won't get into that today, but I know we talk about it quite a bit and it just never hurts to be reminded. It's part of the reprogramming of my recovery life because I didn't have faith. I was one of those ones who was like, well... I don't need that G person or universe. If they existed, all these people wouldn't have died. All these bad things wouldn't have happened to me. You know, I would have had a better life, blah, blah, blah. I guess that's where it kind of connects, right? Having faith and now having 
not a doubt in my mind that I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be with the experiences I was supposed to have in my arsenal is part of my new way of thinking. And I had to unprogram, you know, 30 plus, almost 40 years worth of this other kind of program. Whenever I started thinking this other way. So it's interesting how they talk about converting these things. We replace fear with honesty. That goes back to when I tell you guys, you friends, remember I'm going to work on this, getting rid of the guys thing. When I tell you friends that we need to be transparent in all the things that we do, including if we have to admit we're gambling addicts, I wholeheartedly believe that that's such a huge part of our recovery. It makes me nuts. There's people that I know, their children's and their parents don't know the truth about their gambling. And it's because it's they're living from a place of fear. Now, it doesn't upset me that their their family and friends don't know. What upsets me is they think that they're recovering when they're not being completely honest. It really, it really makes me bananas because they're they're shortchanging themselves. They can't really heal until they go through that experience of full disclosure. And even if you did it, let's say the absolute worst case scenario, like with friends and family, I just don't, I just don't believe the consequences would be that bad. There might be some pain and and stuff surrounding it. I watched the other day on TikTok, a young girl was on the on speakerphone with her grandparents, and she was coming out that she had been dating a woman for the last three years, and all she just kept hearing was the grandparents. We know, honey, we love you. We were just giving you time to tell us. We love you. It doesn't matter to us. I think that that's the typical family reaction. But let's say, let's say that you were open about it in work, right? That's one of the biggest places that people are afraid to share their truth about this. And I get it. In some cases, it's about if they have access to money, they don't want their employers to think they're going to become thieves or, or whatever, So let's say you tell an employer the absolute worst thing that could happen is you lose your job. But here's the deal. It would be illegal for you to lose your job, at least here in the States. But the relief you feel is like taking 50 pounds off your back. And even if you did lose your job, which you wouldn't or shouldn't, you end up exactly where you're supposed to be. Right. If you believe that that's the truth and that your recovery journey takes you where you're supposed to be. Now, a lot of times I play out these scenarios and I don't really know 100 percent the way that they'd pan out. But going back to the unanswered prayers, so you get fired and then you get a new job and in the new job, you have healthier habits you can't, maybe you're less stressed. Maybe there's triggers that were at the old job that kept you gambling and in action. Who knows? But hypothetically, the situation can go a bunch of different ways. But if you believe you're exactly where you're supposed to be and you're dealing with exactly what you're supposed to deal with, then you'll always be all right. I mean, Oscar used to say, it's already all right. Him and Michelle, it's already all right. And it's true. If you believe that, it really is. Everything's okay. 
changing out resentment with forgiveness. That one we've talked a lot about lately. And again, not about the other person. It's about your recovery and you processing what you need to process and you feeling whole. I'm I'm laughing because I'm actually contemplating I'm launching a new podcast at the beginning of the year that's focused around entrepreneurs and I'm actually considering asking the guy the one who's made me bananas most of this last year in in some fashion if he wants to be on it and you know why because I don't have any of those feelings anymore of of anger of hurt of any of it like it's all gone and Man, what a gift. I've forgiven him. And and honestly, he has apologized many times. But it wasn't even about his apology. I was working on forgiving him when I wasn't talking to him. And now I got to that place of neutral and actually beyond neutral. It's not I'm indifferent to him. I still care about him and I wish the best for him. I wish the best for him separately than me. You know, like there won't be... Uh, I can't imagine today there ever being a place in my life for him, even if he he continued to evolve. But I don't even have to worry about that, right? Because it's the future. But I'm I can celebrate his successes and I can feel good when we communicate because I completely forgiven him. And that feels good. It really does. I was miserable when I was resenting and angry and had so many unanswered questions. That was not a fun place to be. I mean, you know, you heard me go through it. And that forgiveness was the biggest gift I could give in myself. Well, not the biggest. I have a lot of big gifts, right, that I totally appreciate. Uh, Manipulations, we change our manipulations with acceptance, We replace manipulations with acceptance. So I think of this as the first scenario that popped in my head was like a child. You know, they want what they want. So if they don't get it from one parent, they go to the other. That's the example that's showing up in my head. So instead of accepting the decision the first parent gave them. Now, manipulation is something that I think anyone that has attitude qualities is probably a superstar at and it's very harmful it's harmful because we start to believe it that we're right that our crazy ass thinking when we're in manipulation mode about other people we believe it like uh, there's people that have said things to me to make me feel bad, like to try to manipulate me. And it hurts, right? Like I want to solve the problem, do the thing, whatever, because they, they tap into my, my guilty. Or I feel guilty when they act this way is the more appropriate way to say it. So then this this habit of going to the guilt is one I need to break. And I need to be clear about my boundaries and really play it out in my mind so that I know it's manipulation. And for the folks that are doing that, and in one case that comes to mind, you know, that someone tried to manipulate me 
they're, they're not accepting the answer. So they're staying angry, right? So now the resentment is feeding in. And all of these things are the things that are filling our buckets, not in a good way. So I see this person not getting super healthy and not evolving and not able to be whole, honestly, because you can't be whole if you're hanging on to resentment and manipulation and fear. You just can't. You you have to be in a place where you can accept the goods with the bads and not be afraid to fail or repercussions and treat people with love and kindness and not manipulation to get your way. I mean, that's what recovery is about. And I think that's what this reading is about. The difference between these habits now is that we're conscious of them and we're fully aware of their power in our lives. When we worked alone and lived lives of avoidance and pain, our habits were deadly. And they really were. Because if you're hanging on to all those things, not the acceptance, not the forgiveness, not the honesty. If you're hanging on to that, that's killing you from the inside out. And that's why it's hard to overcome when there's a bad day. You can't get past the other day because you have all that shit just stewing in you. It makes it a lot more difficult because you're not doing the work to empty the bucket all along. And that's why building these new habits make us stronger. That's what going to group or 12-step or joining a recovery community like Recovery Elevator or some of the Facebook groups or listening to me or journaling or reading your book, whatever the things are that you have to do daily to get through those other feelings. And you have to process the feelings. I'm not telling you, oh, okay, you're cured. You don't forget, you know, you've forgiven everyone. It's a process, guys. And you have to take your time and do it your way. I mean, it took me over six months to forgive the guy. And that's okay. That was, that was the timetable that was decided that it would work. And, and it's only because I'm paying attention to my new habits that I can even take notice that I'm not hurt anymore. I'm not sad anymore. I'm not any of those things. Like I have nothing but love and gratitude for him. And it's not romantic love and gratitude. You know, it's, it's, I hope, I hope he's happy. Like I, and, and you know how that happened was the habit of singing in the mirror to him and to everyone. When I'm dancing around in the morning, I sing, I hope you're happy. And I think of people and everyone to send the, I hope you're happy vibes out to. I know it's a little crazy. Someday I'll, I'll show you guys my badass dance moves <laughs> or maybe not. Who sees? Who knows? I'm going to, I'm going to try to get in the TikTok scene next year. So you never know how much dancing I'll be doing. Anyway, the new habits become stronger each time we practice them and our lives become more open to new growth and change. Same thing with the bucket. We can't invite growth and change into the bucket if it's full of all these bad things. Me using that bad word again. I need to expand my vocabulary. Now that we are no longer alone and we've picked up another new habit, we're building a life of self-awareness and self-love. And you know that those are two of my favorite things. I still like it to be self-devotion. And I mean, we need self-love to be self-devoted, but I think it all goes together. I like being a self-devoted person. That way, when I'm in my 
giving frame of mind and that part of my personality is showing up, it's a whole lot easier because I've taken care of myself so I can serve and help others better when my cup is full. And I can go off on a tangent about that, but I won't. I have to go get ready. I'm still in a conference, which honestly, oh my God, guys, it was from eight something in the morning till 1030 last night. So a 14 hour day in front of the computer. And uh, hopefully today won't go quite as long because I'm a little tired. And nothing else in life is really getting done other than I did wrap Christmas presents and do some laundry because I could do those while attending the conference. I hope that you guys had a fabulous weekend. Thank you again. We celebrated yesterday that it's been a year that we've been together. So I appreciate you. It's still very exciting and humbles me greatly that we've hit so many milestones this past year. And yeah, I appreciate you. Talk to you. Oh, you get what you wish for.